You're listening to You Heard It Here First, the first United Methodist Church of New Ulm podcast. A love for enemies. Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 38. But I say to you that listen, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to anyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Have you ever been invited to something? A birthday party or a wedding, a dinner party or graduation reception, or maybe something like a book club or invited to have lunch or coffee with someone else? Or how about a play date with your kids and your kids' friends? Or to celebrate a holiday such as Christmas or Easter? Chances are at some point in your life or another, You have been invited to something in your life, regardless of whether it was for something big or for something small. In my own family, this next several months has begun the season of weddings, where one of my wife's cousins is getting married in April, and her brother, my brother-in-law, and his fiancée are getting married this June. And over the past few months, we've received both Save the Dates in the mail, as well as the invitation for these weddings. At the same time, the invitations we received are only a part of the story, because if you've ever been to a wedding or any kind of formal event, you know that a small card or postcard also comes with the invitation, commonly known as an RSVP, which is French for Respondez s'il vous plaît. A more elegant way to basically say, please respond to this invitation to indicate whether or not you will be able to attend whatever it is we're having. Some are more complex than others where a selection of an entree can be noted on the RSVP, while others simply desire a headcount. Regardless of what it is, though, at its core, there are two things happening here. An invitation and a response. And this is where we pick up our scripture text for this week from Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 38, where we continue to work through Jesus' Sermon on the Plain here in Luke's Gospel, and where Jesus focuses in on something perhaps we'd rather not talk about or listen to love for enemies. But this next bit of the passage serves as a continuation of Jesus' teaching on discipleship that we began to dig into last week. 
You see, what's interesting about this part is that the text doesn't say do not have enemies, but that this serves as a framework on how to treat your enemies as a follower of Jesus. It was interesting to note in preparation for this Sunday, several of the children's sermons I'm, I came across made reference to the fact that the point is to turn your enemy into a friend. And I feel like that's kind of what Jesus is getting at here a bit. And further, that our passage for this week begins with Jesus' words, but I say to you that listen. Other translations use the phrase to you who hear or who are hearing, and seems to speak to those who choose to listen to him. Because if there's one thing I've learned from being a parent for the past decade or so, it's just because you're talking doesn't always mean the other person or party is listening to you. Even so, Jesus' use of the verb to listen or to hear feels a bit more like an invitation than a command, but that for those who desire to follow him, that this is part and parcel to being one of Jesus' disciples. One of the commentaries I reference states, in no uncertain terms, there is no place in the Christian ethic for vengeance or retaliation, which can be difficult sometimes, right? If someone hurts us, we think that we deserve to hurt them back because that would be considered fair. In fact, C.S. Lewis, the author who also wrote the Mere Christ- uh, excuse me, who also wrote the Chronicles of Narnia books, starts his entire argument for God and mere Christianity with this premise that everyone, everywhere, is born with a sense of right and wrong and what's, con- what's considered to be fair or not. And while we like to think that this life typically follows this rule, the simple truth is that it doesn't. Life is unfair. And yet the calling of those of us who follow Jesus is a commitment to love, but further to love our enemies. And in this passage, Jesus moves from the general to the specific. Jesus starts with these four general statements. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Love, do good, bless, and pray. And then fleshes this out a bit more in the verses that follow. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other one also, speaking to the idea of deflecting hostility or preventing further abuse by offering no resistance. It's worth noting here that this was Jesus' approach during his trial, hours before he was crucified. Because, you see, striking someone on the cheek in those days, according to one of my resources, was considered to be a form of insult, a physical expression of cursing or reviling, and further, that turning the other cheek was an equal and physical form of non-retaliation that broke the cycle of violence and rejected the principle of retaliation in its entirety. And yet, at the same time, we have to pause here and consider that there are situations and circumstances in which this is perhaps not the best way to live out one's Christian faith. Because further, we must wrestle with the fact that historically speaking, this text has been used as a way to actively do harm, but also to subjugate and oppress others, especially women and minorities. I mention this now because context matters, friends. If anyone wants to take your coat... Give him your shirt as well. Now the coat or the cloak was worn as the outer garment, and the shirt, the inner one, worn against the skin. And so by offering both, Jesus meant for those who follow him to go without, or literally to be naked. 
this speaks to the idea of shaming your enemy by your superior goodness. Luke may have been referring to the act of taking one's outer garment through legal action or as repayment of debt, and thus turning the idea on its head by forcing one's enemy to be indebted to you. Give to everyone who asks of you. This speaks to the idea of winning over your opponent by kindness. If anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them, speaking to the idea of demonstrating a Christ-like character as a Christian witness. Now, it's striking here how Jesus is laying a framework that speaks to the preservation of personhood over and against the acquisition of wealth and goods. Remember from a few months ago how we heard about in ancient times that the acquisition of goods and wealth was seen as a closed system of of finite resources, and so that meant that the more than one had, either of goods or wealth or both, the more important one was... Jesus is offering the complete opposite way for those who choose to listen and follow him here, which, by the way, continues to fly in the face of this finite system of goods and resources that we find ourselves in today called capitalism. But further through all of these examples, both generally and specifically, they all speak to the basic truth that love means going above and beyond what would be expected of someone who was following the law or the culture of Jesus' time. Elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus uses the phrase, if someone wants you to go one mile with them, go with them too, which is the same concept at play here. And so in verse 31, Jesus summarized what has come to be known as the golden rule if you've been a person for any length of time regardless of where you are you've probably heard this in some capacity or another you can probably even say it with me do to others as you would have them do to you but jesus takes this teaching further it's not enough to just go above and beyond to those who are within your inner circle your friends the call to discipleship reaches to those even who are your enemies which flies in the face of ancient culture and goes above and beyond what would have been expected at the time but all of this teaching that jesus offers to the disciples and the crowds here on the plain goes far beyond the ethical standards of his day especially since conventional wisdom of the time dictated that one should do harm to one's enemies and good to one's friends And so once again, we can see here in Luke's gospel that up is down and down is up, this great reversal that's in play here to be a follower of Jesus, that the commitment to Christ-like love for others must be placed above any kind of cultural ethic in in, in which we think we might be entitled to something. You know, in many ways, our own culture isn't much different from ancient culture that Jesus found himself in. Because in order to be a follower of Christ, our commitment to love our enemies must be met with the same level of conviction as that of our commitment to the greatest commandment, to love God, our neighbors, but also ourselves. And so in the words of the famous Catholic saint Dorothy Day, you love God just as much as the one you love the least. In other words, our love for God is rooted in how well we love our enemies. May we embrace this difficult yet necessary truth both now and always. Amen. Thank you for listening to You Heard It Here First, the first United Methodist Church of New Home podcast. 
feel free to check out our website, firstumcnewalm.org, and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash firstumcnewalm. Hope you have a blessed day. Thank you.